The soundtrack to your student life. So, Assalamualaikum guys. So, about Ramadan. Do you guys want to explain what it is and what it means to you? So, who, who would like to go first about about what? So, Assalamualaikum. Um, so, Ramadan to me is a very very special holy month because it comes once a year and it's a it's a time where um, the Ummah literally comes together um, and. And we all we don't only fast, but we restrict ourselves from other things. So like, um, we prevent ourselves from um, doing the bad deeds that we normally do. Um, talking to each other normally, we sometimes um, how would you say gossip. it? Gossip. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people gossip, backbite, and all that. But because you know that you're in a very special holy month, you're refraining from doing that. So it really helps with your uh, like inner soul, what we call nefs as well. And it and you're also thinking about the um, poor people as well and the and the needy. Would you like to say something? Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with everything you're saying. I think, uh, in other words, it's basically suppressing your desires in a way. So if you can control what you're eating. Uh, you know, you should be able to control everything else, like all the things that are not allowed within Islam, uh, the things that are impermissible, the things that we do all year around that's, that's written in the holy scripture that's not allowed. You just suppress that desire and kind of stop yourself from, uh, you know, involving yourself in such activities within the month. So is that the reason for fasting? Yeah, so it's not only controlling your food and water intake, it's also controlling the deeds that you do. And they say that the, the good deeds you do are amplified within that month and the bad deeds you do are also amplified, and therefore you need to control your bad deeds and try increasing your good deeds. Um, Not even that, there's, you know, it's like intermediate fasting, isn't it? That's what people do, yeah, and that's what basically fasting, keeping a rosa is. I don't know the full health factors, but it's like it cleanses your kidney, your liver, all of that, your blood. I don't know the rest. So not only is the spiritual <laughs> benefits, there's also health benefits as well. Like, you know, proven by doctors and stuff like that and science that it does help your body in like kind of restoring everything, resetting everything. So it's quite good for you. 100%. Um, Anissa, would you like to say something? Um, so yeah, I'd just like to add on to that is that um, in in Ramadan, basically the what we believe as the devil gets locked up and so there's no better month to start um, and to elevate yourself in a month where you're not getting tempted by whispers and, like, temptations of the devil. And so it's not about, oh, like, I'm a Ramadan, like, Muslim, as some people say, because um, everyone needs to start somewhere. So if you've got to reduce temptations, you might as well start in Ramadan. And it's all about elevating yourself in the sense that you want to make the maximum out of the fact that you're not going to have a weakness uh, in the sense that you're not going to have the devil um, to go against and all you've got left is you and your inner desires. Otherwise, in any other month, you've got you, your inner desires and the temptations of the devil. So in that sense, it makes sense to elevate yourself in Ramadan. But yeah. Well said, Anissa. Thank you. Would you like to say something? Okay, so who does fast? Do you all do the same thing or do you do 
There are different levels to it. Yeah, so uh, as part of being a Muslim, one of our five pillars of Islam is Sohm, which is fasting. Um, but uh, also, like, uh, our Lord Allah is so merciful and so understanding. There's certain people that are actually restricted from fasting. So we have, like, pregnant women, they do not have to fast. Yeah. We've got the poor and the needy who do not, they don't have the means to survive on a normal day, so it's not prescribed in them. They don't have to fast. Um, we've also got children uh, who haven't hit the age of puberty. They don't have to fast yet because there's some misconceptions that children have to fast and um, they're at a certain age, but that's all. That's because that's not true at all. Once you've hit the age of puberty, then um, that's when your fasting begins. Um, a traveller. Yeah, a traveller. Even like it just shows like our religion is so beautiful that our God thinks about every single aspect in our lives and He makes it so easy for us, which is the most beautiful thing. Is there an option to opt out for people that don't want to do it? There is. I mean, it's the the fasting itself is is an obligatory pillar, the same way a lot of other things are praying. So a lot of people, a lot of people choose not to do it themselves, which is it's a command from God to do it. So it's obviously encouraged, but there are people who who would genuinely struggle you know with these things and therefore I, I can't say that it's not it's still not compulsory because it still is it's written in the scriptures that you have to do it mm. as it's like literally compulsory it's obligatory upon a person but you know because there's certain circumstances like she mentioned that people can't fast for them obviously it's um it's a choice and an option if they do it's, it's not it's not obligatory upon them that makes sense. um and just to add to that <clears throat> so essentially what it is is that like you said, it's compulsory, and so whether you are gonna fulfill that command is on per individual basis. Um, but there are those that might that that is compulsory on, but there's means of like an opt out. For example, if they become really sick, or like if they if whilst they were fasting their fast broke for a certain reason, then there's other rulings that come in place to make up for them fasts. And obviously, depending on the circumstance, will differ on. Uh, like what sort of um, way they make sort of means out of it. Um, for example, if if you're let's say do a full month of sickness, that essentially breaks a fast. But because um, because you still fasted and you still had that intention, for you all you need to do is make that one day fast up later on in the year. And there's obviously like certain rulings whether if you can't if you can't actually do the fast itself because you're too ill or too old, then you can sort of pay per, uh, and feed uh, the poor as a sort of compensation. And obviously then it goes into different rulings of how you do that. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, in regards to the opt-out system. Yeah, but generally speaking, the rule is if, if you are able to fast, it's compulsory upon you, you have to fast. There's no really grey area for that. I'm thing. just thinking someone like on our course, we're paramedic <laughs> students... Yeah. shift work and sort of like mess up your whole routine and it might be some might find it difficult I mean that's again part of the um, it's part test. of the struggle isn't it it's part of the test and you know in this day and age we have got other commitments whether it's university or work uh, there's going to be other factors that come in the way but it's, it's not very difficult even now I think within this month the times of fasting aren't really it's not that long the day mm -hmm. so you, you fast from dawn to sunset so from sunrise to sunset is when we're obliged to fast and that is, I think, about 5 o'clock in the morning till about 6 o'clock. So it's not the most difficult. It is definitely uh, manageable and previous years it's been longer as well. So um, it's just about 
being able to adjust to your situation, whether you're at work or school or uni, uh, being able to adjust and kind of come through. Yeah, again, just um, as you were saying, in terms of uni students and paramedic students, people that are on placement, um, yes, it will be a struggle and it might affect their normal routine. But again, like I said, it's part of the test. Um, they're not, they've not got an illness that's restricting them to fast. They've got nothing obligating that's saying, oh, you, you don't need to fast. They do. It's part of their struggle. It's part of their um, test. And, um, yeah, that's that's what I was just going to say. It's all about balancing it and, and time management, really. And just to add on that, the whole point um, of fasting in the first place is to, well, the primary point is that you're trying to feel as much for those who don't have as much as you. And so if, and they still have to go out um, to survive, find food for their families, whatnot. They don't just stay at home just because they're fasting. Well, not fasting, but because they can't feed their stomachs or uh, they don't have access to water. It doesn't mean their life stops. And so for us, as as much like trouble we go into, the more reward we're getting. I know someone mentioned it already, but in the in like the scriptures, it mentions that in Ramadan your your good gets amplified between ten to seven hundred times, and so with that amplification, why would you not want to go through the trials in the first place? Mm. If that makes sense. Perfect number. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what's mentioned in like what we call hadith, um, which is sayings of the Prophet wasallam. So. That's why it's that specific, if that makes sense. So have you guys ever had uh, any difficulties fasting? <coughs> in terms of difficulties, what do you mean? As in, like, to, to actually fast or...? Yeah, so obviously, especially, like, first few days of fasting, for, for example, so we have to fast for a full 30, month, 30 days, the full month. For the first few days, it's always the most difficult because our bodies are not used to not having food in there all day. We need some sort of energy... Which is why a lot of us tend to, at dawn when we, we open our fast, uh, we tend to uh, have food that's high in protein. So we have a high protein intake. So enough energy that can keep us going for the whole day. And then that's kind of what helps us uh, with, you know, keeping up with the day and, you know, managing to keep your whole fast. I think the first few days are difficult. I think the rest of the days it gets easier and easier as the month goes along. But again, if that wasn't the case and we didn't struggle then there wouldn't be any point in fasting because it'd be a piece of cake. But the whole point is that we can, like, for the sake of God, because we don't have to do it. Nobody from outside is telling us we have to do it. It's literally just God. So we know that by, by us fasting, we're literally doing it just for God. And that's kind of submission of, of God, you could say. And the it's, Yeah, it's yeah. that trust in God that we're doing it just for him. And that's what we're going to benefit from. So that's what he's going to reward us for. Our intentions should be just because God told us that's why we're doing it. <coughs> yeah. I understand uh, it's supposed to be difficult, it's supposed to be testing you, but what if it comes to the point where it's becoming detrimental to you, like your uni work or something? I remember one prime example was during GCSEs. Um, I, we had to fast throughout the whole month, and I remember when everyone was saying, oh, I won't be able to do that, it's going to be too much. GCSEs, which is such a vital exam in our lives. Um, but then again, we thought... Talking to our parents and talking to scholars and teachers, they all said that is part of the test. Like to to fast during your GCSEs, that's such a blessing. Mm -hmm. Imagine you're doing your exams whilst you're fasting, you're submitting to God, you're you're listening to God. What more benefit can you get from that? Um, um, Just to add to that, um, what we believe is that 
Um, let's say, for example, an hour spent revising for, let's say, a uh, uni work or exams, whatnot, we'd say that's more blessed when you're fasting than going on and on for hours um, and not actually taking any of the substance of uni work or GCSEs in. And that's just what we call barakat, which is a blessing uh, from the God. So um, essentially, you wouldn't, there's no missing out, basically. Yeah. Uh, Ali, did you did you mention <coughs> what fasting means to you? And what does fasting mean to you? <coughs> right, I'll take over. Well, for me, fasting means it's a spiritual journey more than anything. Okay. It's more than just like I said, suppressing your stomach. It's suppressing your desires in in every aspect. And you know, again, it comes down to submission in God. That having that trust that God's commanded something and therefore we have to do it without any questions asked. When we start questioning it, but why did God set these rules in the first place? That's when it becomes problematic for us. But when we fully accept it, as in God set the rules, we just have to oblige. Simple as that. Because we're God's creation. He's, we believe he's created us. So therefore, if he's commanded us to fast, then we have to fast. Um, I've just got a question. Um, Alia, uh, not even water? <laughs> yeah. No, you're not allowed to have water, nothing at all. Right, thank you for that. Just to add, is lettuce halal, guys? <laughs> <laughs> to, oh, so we, there's a bit of a debate that we had amongst ourselves as well, mm-hmm. um, which is the question is, is even toothpaste allowed? And uh, we, all, we all actually had different opinions on this. So in um, my opinion... I mean, according to the hadiths and, and knowledge that I've studied, it says that you're not allowed to take anything into the mouth. So just think toothpaste is, of course, you're, it's like a taste and you're not actually swallowing it. But how do you know when you're brushing your teeth what is actually being swallowed in the mouth? And it's like Allah always says prevention is better than actually doing the thing. So if you're if you're saying, OK, our toothpaste is allowed, I'm only tasting it, how do you actually know that you're not swallowing the toothpaste? So you take you spend a whole day of fasting thinking that, OK, I fasted the day, I've had, I've brushed my teeth, um, and then, but then you actually swallowed it. And another, another example is, um, Allah actually says that the fasting person's breath, I know it seems like a funny thing, but it smells better than any perfume or something like that, according to that hadith. Yeah, Allah actually, Allah actually likes someone's, a fasting person's breath because it just shows that yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I mean, I agree with you. The, the scriptures do say... St- I think with with issues like this, they're termed as fake issues, meaning they're yeah. uh, issues of rulings. And with rulings, there's a wide scope of opinion. And we can't really pinpoint and say this opinion is wrong or this opinion is right. We follow our own opinion, and that's that's the, the opinion that we take and we, we follow. I mean, my opinion is of that you're allowed to use toothpaste for the reason that... In Islam, tasting something isn't haram. It, it, it doesn't invalidate the fast. Rather, swallowing it does. So once the toothpaste actually surpasses, surpasses the throat, that's when it becomes uh, detrimental in your yeah. fast, and that's when your fast is broken. And likewise, there's a, they say again, Allah made it easy for us. There's a person that is um, there's a person that's a mother that's made food for her children. For example, she's Islamically allowed to taste the food. She's not allowed to swallow the food, but she's allowed to taste it in her mouth just to see if it doesn't have enough salt or if it has too much salt and she's allowed to so God's made a little bit of a leeway for certain situations it definitely is better not to use toothpaste during the month there's, there's something called the miswak mm-hmm. which is like a, a little stick you could say uh, that you use to clean your teeth and it's, it's quite again it has health benefits as well on, uh, you can read them on Google but um, 
again, it's a, it's a thick issue, meaning there's a wide scope of opinion. And it's like that with a lot of lot of things in Islam. There's <coughs> different opinions and we can't really pinpoint and say this one's right, this one's wrong. Uh, it's just, you know, God's, God, in fact, it's one of God's mercies that there's so many opinions. That's what Definitely. We uh, it's not just, you know, this is, it's not black and white, basically, there's grey areas. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. that's, that's the uh, best way of looking at it. Um, do you want to say something? Anissa? No, okay, no worries. <laughs> Yeah, um, like like what you just said, um, there are different differences of opinions. So, which is why, as Muslims, we all respect each other's opinions. You shouldn't say, "Oh, well, you think that that's haram or that's that's not right," because that's where we go wrong. Allah says, "Respect everybody. We're all in. We're all in it together. We're all one ummah." Um, and if there are different beliefs, or yeah, at the end of, so there is a bit of room for your own yeah. interpretation. Definitely, there, there always say. is. Definitely. Yeah. So, because everything is not <coughs> exactly as you said, I was just walk out on white. the fact that yeah, it's not black and white, and because there is, there are texts, and you can interpret texts in your own way. Exactly. And obviously, yeah. everyone have their own interpretation, and as long as you follow a majority uh, kind of, uh, your your opinion has a basis. And it's not just an opinion based on what you feel is best for you. Opinions based on what your interpretation is, then there's absolutely no problem in following that opinion. Um, but these are all smaller issues. The fasting itself, everyone does it together. The fasting itself, <coughs> we all know the timings and stuff, and the rules are all the same. It's just the small, minor issues that there might be differences in opinion within. I feel like Ramadan makes us closer to our Lord as well. It makes us closer to each other and families because you're open to fast together, you eat together, mm. and usually you don't get that time together. And it, um, Ramadan brings us all closer. It's just a vibe. Yeah, it no, is. <laughs> it's agree. like the best vibe. And I think those people that haven't fasted before, I'd encourage them, whether you're Muslim or not, Muslim, just try it. Just yeah. try it one day. Just and, give it a shot. And see how you feel after after you do it. It might be difficult, but just see how you feel because it does cleanse your body out. Mm. It does. Yeah. You, know, you feel hungry, but at the same time, it's if you try it, you'll know what we mean when we say it's definitely very spiritual. They say they say our teachers used to tell us not to eat uh, meat constantly because meat kind of uh, increases your desires and testosterone and that sort of thing. And if you don't have meat and you have a diet that's not meat based. You can kind of, you know, it's better for your body. So that's what yeah. we've been taught. It's kind of better for your body to kind of avoid meat. And especially in these months, I think a lot of us South Asians tend to have meat for our iftar in the evening. But our teachers have always said, try eating uh, stuff with less meat inside it because it's better for your, uh, for your, just yeah. generally for your body. Yeah. Can't forget so the samosas and pakoras. Exactly. So even when you open the fast, keep it limited. Don't overindulge because you've done a whole day of fasting. Re- respect everyone. Love your family. Love your neighbours. And just enjoy the month. It's just a very, very beautiful, special month. Ramadan is around the corner and I just wish everyone has a blessed Ramadan. One thing in Ramadan we do a lot is we give food to each other a lot. We give out food to the, food to the neighbourhood. And in Ramadan we get a lot of blessings with this um, feeding a person who's fasting. Yeah, yeah, so especially that time in the evening when, you know, it's iftar time, just yeah. before iftar, your neighbours, you'd see your neighbours in your street come out, you know, with plates and food and stuff like that. So it's just... It's nice. just a very special month. Yeah, so basically in iftar, if anyone wants to buy me a burger meal, you know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> Ramadan Mubarak, Ramadan Mubarak guys. guys! Assalamu alaikum. The Ramadan Mubarak, okay. So I think together we'll all say... And Three, two, I, I just, just to wish everyone a blessed Ramadan, Ramadan Mubarak, yeah? yeah? Go on, Hansa. So wishing everyone a, a, a blessed Ramadan, Ramadan Mubarak. Susie, do you want to say it as well? Wishing so everyone. One person Ramadan. should say wishing everyone. Okay, Ramadan. shall I say that? Okay. So, um, so just to wrap this up, guys, just wishing everyone a blessed Ramadan. And Ramadan Mubarak. <laughs> <laughs> and that's.